Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 team previews. Tonight's team, the New York Islanders. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Make sure that you check out our website down below, i80sports.com, for all of our team previews. And we're down to the final few previews here. So there's a great likelihood that we've already covered your favorite team. If you haven't checked out that video yet, you can find it down below on i80sports.com. And you can check it out on your YouTube channel if you're already here on YouTube. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe for the remaining team previews and also our regularly scheduled NHL content throughout the weeks in the regular season. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're already currently following, thank you guys so much because we greatly value all of your support. Without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. And here we are to preview a team the New York Islanders, a team that has gotten so close the past two years but just couldn't get over that hump to get themselves into the finals. So I'm curious to see what these last two runs are going to do to them this year. So let's just get right to it. Yeah, they've gotten so cl close the past few years and have fallen short, but does not mean that they're a bad team whatsoever. They could be a very, very scary team for sure this year. But to look forward – we have to look into the past. So we're going to start with some 2020 and 2021 team facts. So how did the Islanders do last year? What was their record? Well, they were 32, 17, and 7. That's 32 wins to 17 losses to 7 overtime losses, which was good for 71 points and fourth place in the Eastern Division. So they squeaked in last year. Power play and penalty kill stats, not too shabby on the power play. Oh, just a literal hair below league average they were at 18.8 percent on the power play last year league average is 19 percent, so they were literally 0.2 percent below that so realistically let's round up here let's use basic math they were sitting right at league average last year i give them the benefit of the doubt there and then on the penalty kill they were above league average league average is 79 percent the New York Islanders were sitting pretty at 83.7% on the penalty kill. Certainly one of the better teams in the NHL on the penalty kill last year. Uh, leading scorers for the New York Islanders, we had Matt Barzal leading the team with 45 points. And then coming in behind there was Josh Bailey with 35 points. And pulling up the rear was Brock Nelson with 33 points. So they certainly had some contributors last year. Uh, some additions and subtractions here for the New York Islanders. Uh, some interesting additions here. Uh, Richard Ponick, Zach Parisi, Zdeno Chara, Andy Andriov, and Paul Ledoux. Probably the most notable two names of that group is Zach Parise and Zdeno Chara, the large human being of a man and certainly is on the older side now and maybe looking to bring his career full circle. He started his career as a New York Islander. Maybe perhaps he ends his career as a New York Islander, and certainly he hopes maybe he's hoisting the Stanley Cup by the end. We'll just have to see. And then on the subtraction side, Nick Letty, Andrew Ladd, 
and Travis Zajac, who announced his retirement just a few short weeks ago. Congratulations on your retirement, Travis Zajac, from one Devils fan to another Devils player. Uh, but now we're going to talk about some X factors here for the New York Islanders. And no, we're not talking about EA Sports NHL 22 X factors. We're talking about our own brand of X factors. Who is the most important for the New York Islanders' success this year. Who is going to lead the pack? Who is most important to the team's success? Tom, I've done enough talking at this point, as per usual. So let's turn it over to you. Who do you feel are some X factors here on the New York Islanders this year? Well, it definitely is the man in charge, the man who's running this whole thing, and that's Lou Lamorello. He's built this team and he shaped this team kind of in the Lou Lamorello way. I'm not going to say exactly in that way because there's a couple of things here that are a little bit different than what he did when he was with the New Jersey Devils in his prime year. In his prime years with the Devils, he always, you know, never really went out and signed too many veteran guys, always tried to work younger players in the lineup. And I kind of don't see that here. And I'll tell you what, even though Lou had Parise in Jersey, and even though Chara was a Islander to start, I still feel like it's very unlike Lou to go out and sign veterans, especially guys who are close to the end of their career like he did, like he did just now. A loss, that's something to think about. But at the same time, another X factor to me are the 19 players who are going to be playing every night. Your 12 forwards, your six defensemen, and your starting goalie. Maybe they'll run two goalies some nights for whatever reason. But if you watch their games down the line last year in the playoffs, especially in a Boston series and a Tampa play, and the Tampa player, the Tampa series, rather. I'm sorry, guys. Every single name that we will go over later on in this lineup on these first four lines and on these three D pairings. You heard all these names mentioned at least once during the game in a big spot, whether it was scoring a goal, killing a penalty, making the pass on a power play, shutting another team, shutting another team's top line down. This isn't the Edmonton Oilers where you rely on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. This isn't the Colorado Avalanche where Nathan McKinnon can steal the show. Every single player on this team who will dress will have a specific job and a specific responsibility and they will be expected to get it done. And if they get it done, this team will succeed. And I believe that's how they succeeded in the playoffs this past postseason and the one before that as well. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback on your one point before, just because I am an unapologetic Devils fan in a lot of ways and also a sad Devils fan in some ways over the past number of years. But towards the end of Lou Lamarillo's run with the Devils, it almost, it felt like he was only signing older guys by the end. Yamir Yager, Ryan Clue. I mean, there was a cast of guys on the older side that he was certainly signing towards the end of his tenure as a Devils GM. That being said, though, I can't help but think that Lou Lamarillo, as the general manager of the New York Islanders, is a major X factor for this team. Lou, who took over as GM in 2018, has completely reshaped this lineup and mentality of this team overall. This team is in the current position that they're in because of him, for sure. For instance, he's also the GM that hired Barry Trotz as head coach, which is one of the biggest acquisitions for this team as his tenure of GM. Barry Trotz is absolutely another one of those X-Factors. <coughs> he's one of the uh, most winning, winningest coaches currently employed in the NHL and his track record speaks for itself. He is a fantastic coach. He's a fantastic game manager and he has only helped that and helped the Islanders 
in his management. He has done a fantastic job with this lineup overall. Honorable mention in terms of an X factor on this team that I just want to shout out real quick, that fourth line, Matt Martin, Casey Sezekis, and Cal Clutterbuck, that might be one of the more productive fourth lines in all of the NHL and certainly a fourth line that nobody really wants to go toe-to-toe with at the moment. That is a pretty scary fourth line at the moment there for the New York Islanders, and they certainly do produce on a night-in and night-out basis. Next, we're going to be talking about some breakout candidates here. Who are some players that are maybe coming into their rookie season, which we're talking about the New York Islanders. There's nobody coming into their rookie season right now. And uh, maybe a player or two that hasn't quite had a breakout season yet. So let's talk about that here. Tom, let's start with you. Who's a breakout candidate or candidates here for the New York Islanders? You know, I really wanted to go, I really wanted to delve into Oliver Wallstrom and Noah Dobson, but I looked at their stats, and it's just not doing it for me with either one. So I got to go with Ilya Sorokin here, and that's even a difficult choice for me too because even though we had some time last year, saw some ice in the playoffs, I still think, even though I don't think there's going to be a set starter and a backup on this team, I still really do think that Varlamov is still going to get the nod with more games. But a lot Sor- Sorokin, I can't even talk today. Sorokin was the few was looked at as the future. Was looked at as another Igor Shesterkin. I hate to use a Ranger comparison, but it's true. As the next big Russian goalie. So I guess if Varlamov struggles or gets hurt, it's really going to be Sorokin, Sorokin's time to shine here. It really is. But at the same time, Varlamov's been a rock in that net for these guys. So it's it's as much as I want to say he's a breakout candidate, at the same time, it's kind of difficult for me to say that too because we don't know really know how much he's going to play. It's funny here because it's really kind of tough to say because I'll allude to what you said before. You know, there are still a few choices for breakout candidates here. Oliver Wallstrom is a guy that pops out in my mind and certainly a guy that I want to see produce over a full NHL season. Although it's looking like, barring injuries, Wallstrom is probably going to be getting third-line minutes this year. He's going to have some sheltered minutes. It's going to be tougher for him to produce some major points there. Noah Dobson is another person that I could see as a breakout candidate. But to be honest, (coughs) he already kind of proved himself a little bit more last year as a defender. I think we all see Noah Dobson as a future top four, maybe even top two defender for this New York Islanders team. So that's why I'm going to go and you know piggyback on Tom's thought and say Ilya Sorokin, just simply because Sorokin had some growing pains last year in his rookie season. But with now one season under his belt, Sorokin could take a big leap forward last year. There's a reason why he came in touted as a highly anticipated goaltending prospect for the NHL. And he certainly has had his flashes of brilliance. I actually do think that in sheltered minutes behind Semyon Varlamov, I think that could do Sorokin some real good. Though, anybody who has played goalie before knows you need some consistent play playing time to kind of build momentum on your game. And not getting the consistent minutes uh, on a night-in, night-out basis is going to be tough for Sorokin. But as a professional, you learn over time, you adapt, and you overcome. And I think Sorokin is going to find his groove this year and also help the Islanders reach the postseason this year as well. Next, it's time to talk about our potential opening night lineup. And usually we kind of include an asterisk here of like, well, I'll take it with a grain of salt. We're still so far out. 
time of recording, we're less than a week away from the beginning of the NHL season. So this is probably as close to an opening night lineup as you're possibly going to get. Sure, take it with a grain of salt in case, like, I don't know, Anders Lee slips down his steps or something like that. But at the same time, this is as pretty close to an opening night lineup as we're going to get to right now. But certainly, if you have a different one, we want to hear it down below. But let's take a look at what this lineup could very well look like on opening night. It's time to look at the top line. We're going from left wing, center to right wing. On the first line, we've got Anders Lee, Matthew Barzal, and Kyle Palmieri. Next on the second line, we've got Anthony Bavillier with Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey. Honorable mention there on X-Factors to the second line. I really love this combination of Bavillier, Nelson, and Bailey. I just think that they're so... They've got such high chemistry together. They work so well together. And for those of you that don't know, go and watch an Islanders game at some point and watch them wreak havoc on teams and just run roughshod over them. Next on the third line, we've got Zach Parisi with J.G. Pajot and Oliver Wallstrom. And then on the fourth line, as I alluded to before, Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas, and Cal Clutterbuck. Next, we're looking at the first line of defense, Adam Pellick with Ryan Pollock. And I gotta see, I gotta say here, Adam Pellick might be one of the more underrated defensemen in the entire league. And I know Islanders fans have been screaming that for at least the past year now. I'm gonna be screaming that right now. Adam Pellick does not get nearly the amount of love that he deserves. Next, onto the second line of defense, Sedano Chara with Noah Dobson. And onto the third line of defense, Andy Green with Scott Mayfield. Lastly, the goaltending. Starting goaltender, Semyon Varlamov, with the backup goaltender, Ilya Sorokin. So, I gotta say, pretty good-looking lineup. You know, there's a reason why a lot of people are projecting the Islanders to do pretty amazing things this year, and I think from looking at that opening night lineup, I think a lot of you can agree. But, we gotta talk about some variables, because there's ways that this lineup can change between now and opening night, though maybe not. But there are ways that this lineup evolves from opening night to the uh, Olympic break and then from the Olympic break past the trade deadline. So, Tom, what are some variables in your mind to this lineup? Well, age, age, and let me say it again, age. It's one of the oldest teams in the league that has also gone pretty deep in the last two years. In those past two years, they sort of lucked out in a weird way with COVID. I don't mean to say they use COVID to their advantage, but it just sort of worked in their favor. Two years ago, they were on the brink of missing the playoffs. But when the league restructured the playoffs because of COVID, they got in. They had a they had a fresh team with fresh legs, with no injuries, and went on the run and went all the way to Eastern Finals against Tampa. Last year, they were sort of teetering towards the end, around the 50-55 game mark. But here's the thing. The season was only 56 games long. So they made the playoffs because of the Rangers and the Flyers sort of collapsing and the Devils and the Sabres just not being very good. So they made the playoffs, and we all know in the playoffs it's a whole different animal. As we've learned in the past 10 years, all you got to do is get in. Look at the Kings with their two cups and look at the Blues in 2019. And the Islanders basically pounced on that all you got to do is get in narrative and we're within one game of going to the Stanley Cup Finals. This year it's a different animal. This year, barring something totally crazy and off the walls, we will be playing a full 82-game season this year. 
And this team the past two years, around that 50, 60, 70 game mark, was faltering. This team went on two runs. This team got older by bringing in Parise and Chara. So around that time this year, if they're faltering and they keep faltering, it's a big question to me. Will they be in? Will they be in the playoffs or will they be sitting home because of injuries and age and just the past two runs catching up with them and them not having that, you know, that sort of that fail-safe option this year and a season season being stopped and then restarted again months later or just a season being 56 games long. They're not going to have those two advantages this year. Pretty valid point there, and probably not something that a lot of people really thought of before in terms of how COVID has kind of played a positive role for the Islanders over the past couple of years. I think for me the question is, you know, what is Lou Lamarillo going to do at the trade deadline to make a strong playoff push? This team has made a few deeper runs at this point. So Lou Lamarillo is sniffing the Stanley Cup at this point. He wants that back in his possession. He's going to be all in for the Stanley Cup this year. And for those Devils fans that remember Lou Lamarillo around the trade deadline during the perennial cup years of the New Jersey Devils in the early 2000s, He's no stranger to shaking things up and trading a face if he needs to. Look, If you don't believe me, look back at trading guys like Jason Arnott when he was in his prime as a New Jersey Devil. Look back at trading Peter Sikora. And what did it do? It helped them win the Stanley Cup. You go and pick up an Alexander McGillney. You go and pick up a Joe Newendike. You go pick up a Jamie Langenbrunner and Jeff Friesen. And guys like that help you win Stanley Cups. It's just proven. So that being said, Lou Lamarillo is not going to be afraid to go and make a deal. Now, that being said, what do they got in terms of cap space to use at the moment? I actually don't have this currently pulled up, but I can easily pull up right now. And thank God for cap friendly, as per usual. Right now, projected cap space is zero. So, yeah, they're, they're going to need to be creative with their cap space this year. Uh, looking at their draft pick breakdown, they've got a first, a second from Colorado, which is conditional. They've got a third-round pick. They do not have a fourth-round pick. They've got five and six, but then they don't have seven. Uh, in the following draft, they've got the first two rounds, but then they don't have a third-round pick. So they're going to need to be creative with – you know, moving money around if they're going to try to do that. Now, there are also a few contracts that you could look to move if uh, they decide to just move on from him. Cal Clutterbuck is a guy who's coming into the last year of his UFA contract. He's sitting at $3.5 million. That's a contract that conceivably you would might, you might be able to move. Um Another could be Ryan Pollock if you decide you'd you're just not going to be able to re-sign him. He's at a $5 million cap hit right now. He's UFA next year. Uh, and then the problem is the rest of the contracts are kind of inconsequential. Like Andy Green, he's a $750,000 contract this year. It's league minimum. You know, you're going to need to be creative with moving money around if you do want to try to pick up something significant at the deadline. So this is kind of what I'm pointing at. of like teams that are, you know, struggling with the cap, are also going to be teams that you're kind of looking at in the next year or two of like their windows closing, their windows closing fast. So like you want to make sure that you get a cup before that window fully slams shut. So for the Islanders, hopefully that doesn't <coughs> happen, but that is the variable to me. 
Lou Lamarillo being willing to trade a couple faces on this team to improve this lineup to the point where he can put himself in the best possible scenario to win a Stanley Cup. That's going to be an interesting thing to watch once we get to the trade deadline. But before we move away from the New York Islanders here, it's time to talk about our question of the day, which the question of the day is the same as always, which is where do the New York Islanders finish in the Metropolitan Division this year? Tom, let's start with you. Where do they finish this year in the Met? Well, despite all I all I said about the age factor before, um, I'm still going with first place here. I've said every year that this team's going to go nowhere. They'll be out in the first round. They'll be out in this round. You know, they'll be out in the second round. They only go to the conference finals every year and give everybody a scare. So right now, I got to go by what I saw last year and what I saw the prior year. I'm going with first place right now. I think they are going to be a first place team this year. That's got to kill you uh, to say that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it does. But I, I got to call it like I see it right now. And Not right now, that. I just don't see anybody in this division better than them. Not even that. It's a double whammy for you. Not only is it the Islanders, but the GM was the former GM of the New Jersey Devils. So it's like hitting you on both ends of the spectrum. Man, just rough for you. Yeah, but you know, you know, you know, Lou. He'll he he does he hasn't done anything crazy yet. You know, that 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 firing Barry Trotz for no reason hasn't happened yet. This Will it true. ever happen? Who knows? Yeah, this is true. But the problem is, I don't know if he necessarily has Jacques Lemaire to you know call in as his backup in case things yes, go south. To say the least. In terms of me, I mean, this team's a playoff team. There's just no doubt about it. This team is a team built for the playoffs. It's just a matter of where they finish at this point. And I think you guys understand that too. I think they are great. I just think that the Carolina Hurricane are just a little bit better right now. I just think offensively, that is a team that is scarier to me on paper than the Islanders. That being said... The Islanders' defense is significantly better right now than Carolina's defense. Fight me. Seriously, I believe that so much. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to say the Islanders are going to take second place. It's going to be no knock on them. They could very well make it far in the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe this is their year. But what do you guys think? Do you think this is the Islanders' year? Where do you think they finish in the Metropolitan Division? Do you agree with our takes? Do you disagree with our takes? We want to hear you guys down below. Comment down below. And while you're there, drop a like and subscribe for the remaining team previews that we got. Because, hey, you might not necessarily be a New York Islanders fan, but you might be a fan of the final three teams that we got coming up. The final three teams, which are the Philadelphia Flyers, the New York Rangers, and your New Jersey Devils. So... <laughs> Maybe not Tom's, but still. That being said, you might be a fan of those teams, so you got to make sure that you check out those videos once they drop. And make sure you check out our previous videos if you're a fan of any of the teams from the Pacific Division, the Central Division, and the Atlantic Division. If you got any teams that are favorites there, go back and check it out. Or if you just love hockey in general, hey, we've got a playlist of this entire team preview. Go and binge it from the beginning when we started with Anaheim. Work your way all the way down until you get to the beginning of the season. Could be a fun binge watch. You never know. But you can also check out our content down below at iadsports.com, where not only can you find our team previews and our regularly scheduled NHL content, but the NFL season is in full swing. The NCAA football season is in full swing. You can check out both of those contents there with the NFL team and the NCAA football team. And you can also check out our MLS content and our NBA content there as well. And while you're there, hit up the shop. Get yourself a T-shirt as low as $8. And 
If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're following already, thank you guys so much because we greatly value all of your support. Without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. So thank you so much for dropping a follow. Yeah, if you haven't dropped a follow already, consider it. You won't be disappointed. <coughs> but it's time to move away here from the New York Islander, New York Islanders. Oh my gosh, now I can't speak. But that that's nothing new. But that being said. Thank you guys for joining us here. I'm Brian. He's been Tom. This has been our New York Islanders 2021-2022 team preview.